everybody. Welcome to another Flail Forward. I'm Rob Randolph, and I'll be your host this evening. I'm joined in Flailing Forward tonight by Carr. Hello. Cat. Hello. And Cavoir. Hi. <laughs> so, fellow Flailers, this episode is a special one because we've got a special guest. We're going to be talking to artist and musician Elijah Tamu. Elijah's work uh, graces the covers and liner notes of numerous musical projects, including uh, Beacon in the Husk by Abyssal, Weinfur by Guthfeki, Sacramental Death Qualia by Haunter, and he also plays and creates heart art for his own band, Panagerist. Recently, he's begun his first foray into collaborating on RPGs, or story creation engines, as we've taken to calling them around here, uh, with yours truly on Ashes of the Magi. So I thought it might be interesting to bring him on to discuss process, inspiration, and the more practical matters surrounding getting projects finished, and what it's like to be on the other side of the artist-client equation. So yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, let's jump right in. Um, well, let's just start at the beginning. Um, how long have you been doing art? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, thanks for having me on here, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I used to just go through stacks of paper, uh, you know, doing drawings um, as, a, as a kid. Uh, when I was in high school, I got more serious about developing, you know, my skills as an artist. Uh, but when I went to college, I got really busy with other things. And from then on, for a period of several years, there was just uh, pretty much... Um, silence you know from that sector i i just was focused on trying to do some music things and uh you know various other just figuring out what i'm doing with my life kind of stuff and and art really uh you know got set on the back burner so it's only been about four years maybe that i've actually jumped back into doing art and um you know it's really only within that time that i've done it in a uh, professional like on a professional level at all what what inspired the jump back in from from you know this hiatus um it was a bunch of different things um but i think a lot of it actually uh came as the result of some pretty big spiritual shifts that happened uh in my life um you know, I've, I've talked about this in various other places, but, you know, for me, art is definitely a profoundly spiritual and religious thing. And um, it was, you know, after a time of coming through a sort of dark night of the soul and experiencing a transformation uh, that I started wanting to represent those things that I had walked through, um, through art. And the like the symbolic language of alchemy and the transmutations of, you know, things in the heavens and, you know, on a mineral level and also on a spiritual level in the in the soul of a person um, just struck a chord with me. And um, I was also really inspired by, you know, a lot of the, the artists that were doing um, esoteric black metal album artwork that, you know, that I was listening to. And so there was just, there was a, it was kind of like things all came together at the right time. And I was like, I have time to do this. I want to do this. And, you know, um, and then I was, I was actually channeling something that was more than just, you know, here's, here's a picture of something. 
Um, but it felt like it had a much deeper uh, metaphysical uh, reason, you know, behind it. You mentioned it's very spiritual. You don't just want to draw a picture of this is a thing. Like just looking at some of the art pieces that you've done here, it's like you obviously have a lot of metaphorical imagery going on. Like there's a lot of implied stuff and there's some stuff that I'm not sure if it necessarily means anything or if it's just meant for people to interpret on their own what it's supposed to be. So I suppose you probably wouldn't be all that interested in just being given like, here's a list of things I want to see. Can you just draw like a picture of like a warrior fighting like a wizard or something? Like you probably wouldn't be so much into that. So what do you look for in, like, uh, these kinds of commissions? Like, do you want, like, specific information given to you, or do you want basically free reign? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, Rob reached out to me in particular uh, because I, I take that much more symbolic uh, approach to artwork, and he specifically said, like, you know, I don't want uh, something that's illustrative, like, you know, like you said, here's a picture of a warrior, here's a picture of, you know, a dragon, or, you know, whatever. Um, but because he was really, you know, working with um, some really complex metaphysical themes, he was like, you know, I want you to um, really just filter this through your own lens, like, however you interpret these themes, um, so we we uh, had a chat on the phone, you know, just really talking about the the metaphysics behind like what he was exploring, and it it really clicked really well. Um, and then I just you know went into my space that I go into where I generate images, um, or I mean I honestly have a more of a sense that I receive images. <laughs> than like, you know, just generating them, putting things together in my mind. Um, but, you know, there were some different themes that clicked together and I sent some sketches to him and he, he was really hands off. Um, you know, he just said like, you click with, with the, the themes that we're working with here. Um, so I trust you. And, um, you know, I, for, for a lot of RPG stuff, that's probably not, what's normally going to be the case. Um, you know, I, I work primarily with musicians that are, you know, exploring philosophical and spiritual themes. And for the most part, um, you know, sometimes they have one or two general ideas, but they've generally been like, you know, here's what we're working with. Here are some symbols and images that are important to us. You put it together and do your thing. Um, and that's, that's how I work best. I don't like a lot of, you know, I need this exactly to be here. And, and, you know, can you add, you know, this little detail? Um, I mean, some of that is fine, but uh, there's definitely a way in which I feel like there's, there's just information that's, you know, flowing through me. And I, I don't like to necessarily have that obstructed. Um, so it's maybe kind of a lot. But <laughs> it was a good question. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. This is I, it's, it's interesting for me to hear about process because my like when I'm 
drawing, like my process is sort of similar. Like I don't, sometimes I have like an intention where I'm trying to have something because <clears throat> I'm trying to model something, right? So I'm like trying to figure out like how something might work or um, what the, you know, there's a, there's a theme I'm going for, but like when a good piece comes out, it definitely feels more like I'm getting it from somewhere. I don't, I don't know why that feels like it is, but like, it's weird. It, it, it's, there's a, there's a generative process that like feels like you're tuning into something, you know, when you get it right. I, I completely agree with that. And it's, you know, I used to hear artists talk about, you know, this idea of like a muse, you know, uh, and, you know, at a conceptual level, it clicked. I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. But it's only within the last few years where I've really started, you know, doing art like this, that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now I understand. <laughs> like there's a definite sense of like, being connected of of tuning in and and like like i said like letting letting information uh symbols images, meaning you know flow through you uh like light through a prism that's an interesting metaphor for describing it yeah like taking taking influences and, and filtering them through your own perception yeah now, that actually leads to another question because like, with the way you have this set up what order do you do these in like do you do like an actual sketch layer first and add on top of it do you just do the whole thing like right off the top of your head or how do you actually put your uh, art together in this manner so it starts out with just some rough freehand sketches that i do you know just in a notebook and all you know, always basically the, the processes that I'll take, you know, sh shots of like what I'm doing on my camera and send it to, uh, you know, the people that, that I'm working with. And when I've reached something that we're happy with in terms of like a rough overall direction, um, then I'll actually get the, the actual paper that I do the painting on. And then I'll, I'll pencil in everything. Um, and and then I'll just uh, paint on top of that. Oh, that's another thing. Like these are all paintings, not just like drawing or done on like um, graphic media. So like a uh, digital media, I mean. So painting usually has a fair bit of costs that go with it. Like how much money do you actually go through to like paint one of these fully finished pieces just in like the resources it costs you? Uh, the overhead for this is actually not a lot because what I'm working with is um, essentially watercolors ink, and paper. Um, and I, I mean, some of those paints, um, like what, what I use when I, when I say watercolor is actually gouache, which is, kind of somewhere between a watercolor and an acrylic. It's a little more opaque. Um, some of them were like high level uh, wash paints, you know, cost more per tube, but like I go through that, I don't go through it really very quickly. So it's not like for every painting that I'm doing, I'm buying lots of materials. Um, so uh, to be honest, I don't really factor the, the materials in to the cost. Um, you know, 
there's just sort of like a set rate that I know, you know, works for me and, you know, works for, you know, in general has been like something that's been accepted by various, you know, record labels and artists or musicians that I've worked with. And um, yeah, I don't necessarily do a whole breakdown of how much I spend on materials because it's pretty minimal. Okay, good enough. Well, out of curiosity, how did you determine the cost that you came up with in the first place for your first few ones before you determined what was good enough and worked? Um, the first painting that I did that was like used on, on something you know, professionally, um, I was working for a band, Lo Ruhama, who are uh, good friends of mine. And um, they had already actually spoken to various other uh, professional artists, you know, to get quotes from them. So they kind of gave me a ballpark figure of like what people are normally asking, because I didn't know. And I was like, I'll just do it for free for you, you know, because you're my friends. But they were like, no, you know, we want to pay you. Um, and, you know, so then I talked to the record label and we settled on something. And as I've talked to other artists and, you know, have continued to do work for other bands and stuff, it's like, just after a while, you get a sense for like, what people are going to start thinking is, you know, too high or what people are going to like, be surprised that, you know, it's, it's so low, you know, and then you find uh, sort of that middle space, um, did you have um, experience with RPGs before? I, I think maybe you you mentioned it before, but I don't remember. If, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, actually, not a whole lot. Um, I there was a while ago that I did some like Pathfinder stuff with with a group of friends, but um, it was during a time when I was really busy, and the particular campaign that we were doing wasn't actually that interesting to me. So I ended up. Um, leaving after a little while um i mean it's all it's something that i've always been interested in doing but um it's kind of a time commitment and you know with all the art and music stuff that i'm working on right now it's hard enough to balance all that speaking of time um how much the uh the time frame for getting a piece from like initial direction from the client all the way to like the concept sketches to um, drafts to the final final product, both in terms of calendar time and actual hours? Put um, in. in terms of like from the very beginning, that's sometimes hard to say because usually like usually it'll be something that sort of unfolds over a period of months. And in the beginning, it'll be sort of a little bit of back and forth communication, you know, a sketch here and there. Um, and then, but that's not necessarily like, you know, something that I'm working on every day, uh, because usually there's a projected time frame where like, you know, I'd like to have this done by this point, And it's usually a few months out. Um, my like aimed for target when I'm actually from when I'm starting the actual, like laying out the final sketches and doing the the actual paint painting is like about a month sometimes it's it's a little more um 
you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing this full time. You know, I have a regular job and, uh, you know, so it's not like I can, you know, be putting eight hour days into, into this, but you know, usually about a month, month and a half, um, from the actual start of, of the final piece to completion. Lead time is important. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've, I've also been getting a lot of, you know, requests in. And so like, usually, you know, at this point I'm like, I probably can't do anything unless it's, you know, at least three or four months out, you know, when you need it by, um, just cause I'm usually always working on something. I mean, that happens when you get good at what you do. Your demand goes up. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine, are you, are you turning stuff down at this point? Uh, I am. Yes. Hmm. You, you might be at the point where you, you've transitioned full time. I don't know if you want to do, but it certainly sounds like there's something there. I would love to be able to do that at some point. Um, you know, at the moment, I don't think that there's enough demand that I could, you know, quit my job and, and just start doing this completely full time. Um, you know, because there's all other things to, to factor in. Like if I, you know, if I leave my job, then I don't have, you know, benefits and I got to pay for, you know, yeah, healthcare, my own health. the rest of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're self-employed, you get taxed a lot higher too. So there's, there's all kinds of things there that are like, you know, the obstacles that I would, you know, hopefully at some, at some point I can, I can actually make it work because that's sort of the dream. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us here are in that same boat, like RPGs don't exactly pay well. So, so we're sort of resigned to have day jobs. Um, even though I think all of us would love to be doing this full time, but it's just, it is what it is. You know, you, you, you can't, the, the benefits are a big deal. Like that's, I mean, for me at least. And, and, um, so yeah, I get that. Yeah. 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 I'll just pop in and say the token cap war thing, which is no, I wouldn't want to do this full time. That <laughs> sounds terrifying. <laughs> I'm already trying to, <laughs> even though it is a terrifying and terrible idea. <laughs> I, I support people doing that kind of thing, you know, taking, uh, um, I suppose a, a calculated uh, leave of faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to rush into it blindly, but uh, there does come a point at which you know if you're passionate enough about something and you feel like this is this is sort of what you're here to do. Um, you know, yeah. I think a lot of times people kind of hold back from that, and and then they don't create you know, the thing that they could have created. And that's, that's always sad to me, you know? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. one of those things I found that it, it helps. Yeah. Honestly, if you don't have a backup plan, because then it's do or die kind of thing where you are forced to do far more than you would have done otherwise. But having a backup plan, preferably several of them, is probably the better idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So sticking to the money thing a little bit, like the conventional wisdom in indie RPG circles is that um, 
we could expect to pay like up to about 50 bucks for a piece of interior line art and up to like 500 for a cover art like where does that fall into your side of the experience um that makes that actually translates about uh pretty well into sort of what's expected on from what i understand you know my side of things in um you know album artwork uh for underground metal uh record releases um so you know around 500 bucks for like you know cover art and then anywhere from like yeah 50 100 you know just depending on the, the level of you know detail for you know sort of line line art like you said interior kind of stuff mm-hmm. okay cool yeah that's interesting i think i think there's a lot of like overlap in terms of like the production vocabulary of like underground metal and and indie rpgs um it would make sense to me. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarity between the, the sort of aesthetic language that, you know, you find common to both. Yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, I agree with that. There, there's sort of an indie sensibility in, in both places, obviously. And, and Yeah, I could see how that's shared, but RPGs tend to be a lot more literal in their imagery. Like Ashes is kind of an exception. Well, and that's you know, if if it had been an RPG that was um, you know, looking for more um just straightforward, you know, character design and and stuff like that's that's really not what I like feel passionate about and, and specialize in. Um so you know, this is this is like this is a very different thing for me to work on and I'm really like I think it's great. I, I loved, you know, being able to, um, you know, be able to, um, to talk to Rob about just everything that he was trying to do here. And it just felt like a really unique project. I feel excited about it, but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely feels different from what I imagine is, is sort of the, the more standard approach to, you know, artwork for, I think it makes sense though, because when you look at like RPGs and like metal music at the same time, like they're not inherently visual, but you're trying to elicit like a certain emotion, certain concept, like a lot of stuff like uh, the metaphysical aspect of things going on. Like once you start getting into like anything dealing with magic or just fantasy in general. Or science fiction or anything else like you're dealing with concepts that don't really exist in reality but you're still trying to picture them so it kind of makes sense that there'd be a lot of overlap between them yeah um and i think you know that's that's sort of what led to you know to this collaboration and you know i rob definitely has has uh um interest in, in both worlds uh i remember from you know our conversations and i can definitely see how those things you know go together because there's there's a kind of romanticism involved in both right like you're looking for something that's beyond just sort of the the mundane like day in day out kind of here and now grind um you know you could call it escapism uh but i i think that there's there's more to it than just escapism. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's there's a yeah there there's more there's a deeper narrative structure there that you're interacting with. It's not merely escapism. There's a there's a story, hopefully, at the heart of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned not really taking direction, but when you do, what's what's useful direction? How does direction become structured such that it, it it's useful? Or yeah, what's I guess useful? Like what's valuable direction? Well, I definitely like honesty from who I'm working with. So if I send some sketches and and uh, you know describe some ideas and somebody's not really feeling it, like I would really like them to just say, hey, like for whatever reason, I don't connect with what you're doing here. Um, you know, because like ultimately I want the client to be happy with the product as well. Um, you know, the most satisfying things that I've done are ones where it feels like we've both gained something from the, from the process, like where I feel like I've built a friendship with somebody um, or, you know, helped somebody as we've talked through, you know, some big, you know, metaphysical questions that are, you know, weighing on their mind or, you know, something like that. Um, and, you know, in order to, to arrive at that place, you definitely want to do something where what, you know, what you as an artist are creating is something that serves as a key to kind of unlock, um, you know, a greater level of connection between the person who's creating, be it the, the RPG or the music, you know, and their work. Uh, because all of a sudden, now you have this visual uh, iconography that's that's attached to it as well. So if something isn't working with, you know, for them, like, I definitely want to hear that. Um, and, and then, like, you know, I'm not against, like, you know, getting um, uh, feedback in terms of, like, you know, certain details that they might, like, see emphasized. Um, for example, I did, I did artwork for this band, uh, Abyssal, uh, it's a, a death metal band from the, the UK. And I was describing the ideas that I was wanting to work with. And he showed me another painting that I had done. And he was like, I really like this, the sense of depth and scale here. Like it looks, it looks massive. Um, so whatever you do on this, on this next one, it's got a, I think his, his words were like, it's got a scream depth. Um, and that was really helpful to me because then I was really focused on like, how can I work with perspective to create this sense of like receding back into, you know, sort of heights, heights and depths. Um, and, you know, if there's, if there's like a specific detail that's really important for you, like you really want the symbol in there, like, you know, that's always helpful. Like that can help, you know, unlock ideas for me you know i start thinking about like how can i work with this this idea this raw material you've given me like um and so like even specifics can be uh a really good thing too on the flip side what are, what kinds of direction do you find unhelpful or frustrating um thankfully i haven't actually had any experiences where i felt like anyone was 
like my toes were getting stepped on, I guess. Um, you know, it's all been in my experience so far, everything has been really, um, it's felt really smooth. Um, so, you know, I think, I think a lot of it probably just comes down to like how a person carries themselves too, you know, um, if they're, you know, um, kind of brash and like, no, that's terrible. You know, <laughs> it needs to be this way, you know, but I've just, I've never experienced that. It's always been really respectful. And when people have made suggestions, it's always been something that's, you know, helped me develop a piece that ultimately I'm, I'm really happy with. So. Well, you're already working with other artists, so there's probably that aspect of it. Uh, other well, I mean, it's it's musicians that I'm working with, but it's you know, they've a recording artist. Like, there's still there's still something artistic that they're working with. Like, they're probably used to, you know, people telling them what they have to do and what they want for restrictions free of themselves in their music. So, I figure that's probably part of why you haven't been into it so much. Okay, yeah, that. Uh, definitely. Um, especially with, you know, with underground metal, it's, it's not a, it's not this like big commercial thing where you just, you got to create a top 40 hit, you know, it's, um, you're working with a lot of people that are really trying to express something that is a unique sort of individual vision that they have. And it's not necessarily mass marketable. Um, but you're right. You're definitely working with people that like um, really value uh, art, not as as just a product or as packaging, but as something that has meaning, you know, written into it through and through. Uh, so yeah, you're definitely right. Okay, I actually have another question as well because, like, you were talking about like. The cover you did for a festival, and I was looking at that uh, picture as you were talking about it. You really did pull off the depth to it. But you'd also mentioned that they told you basically what they were working for, what they were looking for, just in sort of vague terms. So, like, is this different for each one of these paintings that you do, or do you have some sort of vague setup that you normally go for like one musician i know of they always come up with a little short story in their head to describe like what they're trying to elicit when they're trying to make like the music so is it anything sort of like that where you make a story or how do you actually do it Um, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of the artists that I work with, the lyrics that they're working with already have a lot of image images, uh, in them. You know, it's, it's a, um, a sort of style of music where you have a lot of people that use very symbolic language to talk about metaphysical concepts. And so most of the um the artwork that i've done for people 
has been for musical projects that already have like a really rich visual language, like visual language in the lyrics themselves. And so what they'll do usually is they'll send me the lyrics and I'll read through them. And usually there's a few places that kind of have a, a, what I would describe as like a glimmer to them, you know, something, it sparks something when I read that line uh, and, and sort of the image that comes to mind when I, when I think about that. And then I'll condense that into, you know, a, a visualization and then I'll send them a message and say, hey, you know, I read your lyrics and here's, here's the image that comes most strongly to mind for me um, from what you've written. And I'll just describe something and then send a sketch. Uh, so I usually actually have quite a bit to work with, you know, from the beginning. And, uh, and that's actually what happened with, with the Ashes of the Magi uh, artwork, too, because um, Rob had a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of writing on the metaphysics of, uh, you know, free will and time and um, this theme of, like, ascension to, to sort of a state that can interact with time in a different way. Uh, from what we're used to and there's a bunch of lore and stuff as well right you know and and then I just um, you know there were just some images that that kind of came to mind as I was as I was reading that and uh, you know it translated into some sketches and we went back and forth on that a little bit and you know uh, the painting is uh, the result of that. I mean, for what it's worth, you pretty much nailed it on the first attempt because like I, I it was it was easy because I could already tell you were working with like a, a particular visual vocabulary from the stuff I'd seen. And I was just hoping like you'd say yes. <laughs> it's like I didn't know what I was going to do if you didn't. I was like, shit, I'm going to have to do all this myself because this is the only guy I've seen that knows this is he knows how to represent this stuff visually and Fortunately, like, yeah, it was just, it just worked. So I, I consider myself very lucky at this point to have like a non-illustrative RPG artist at, <laughs> that's, that's interested in the project. Like, it's just so, it doesn't make any sense to me, but sure, great. Well, there's, there's been a lot of instances of, you know what from one perspective might look like serendipity but i i see sort of a, a meaning from beyond woven into the, these things you know just with with the various uh collaborations that have just fallen into my lap out of nowhere um people that had never had any contact with before reaching out and saying hey you know here's here's something that you know I'm looking for artwork for and your artwork like resonates with me and, you know, and then something clicks and, you know, it, it feels like there's a, a real orchestration, you know, behind it beyond just sort of mere coincidence. Um, I mean, however you want to interpret Would that. Would you prefer those kinds of people like contact you for work? Like, is there a particular type of client that you prefer over other types? Um, in general, I really like 
the reason that, that I do this or like a, a deep part of like uh, why I find fulfillment from, from doing artwork is when I can connect with somebody that doesn't just want something that looks cool, but somebody that like is actually thinking about life and meaning and you know their place in the universe and like wrestling with some question or some something that actually has you know meaning for them um and they want someone who can deal with that reverently and not just be like oh you know here's some here's some cool esoteric symbols uh i hope this works for you um Actually, Kat, could you describe the core concept behind your game for a second? Because I think I think Elijah would dig it. Um, okay, sure. Um, basic concept is well, it's easiest to describe it from like the character's perspective. Is that basically your character has committed a sin, and it's not like you know the normal things that you think of as a sin, like uh, oh, you've done something that's broken a law or you've pissed off some god or whatever it's basically you have fundamentally sinned against your core guiding principles like the the single thing that you consider to be the most important thing to you you have betrayed and because of that uh basically this race of essentially angel wannabes have whisked you off to this essentially a penal colony planet to basically learn who you are and to understand why you screwed up in that way so you can basically become the most truest form of yourself whatever it is and they're not really picky about whether that means that you're a great hero or an enormous villain because i mean if you're a great villain then you're just going to create more heroes to fight you so they're happy either way well what's the what's the game called um that definitely i mean just from what you're describing like all of a sudden you know this connects to all kinds of stuff you know in terms of like my spiritual outlook on life and like what is uh you know what is this inconsistency that we find within ourselves that we wrestle with um because i think we all do um you know this question of of sin and of the desire for an integrated self and you know all of that like definitely like hits on some some of those like core existential questions that excite me so i think that's really cool it's actually named sayorsa and I picked it from the Scottish Gaelic word because I found it really interesting that the same word in the language represents freedom, salvation, redemption, and liberty all at the same time. And some of those are kind of almost at an innate conflict with one another. Oh, that's really interesting. From my perspective those all seem very integrated um but uh yeah that is that's interesting they're integrated but they're also 
they're not fully integrated. Like if you have salvation, it usually means that you're moving towards something that's usually more constrained and constrictive in some ways, but freedom is the opposite of that. So you kind of have both. Like you can't really have salvation if you just do whatever you want. You have to do something that's actually more of a narrow focus. So that's actually, you're becoming free by putting restrictions on yourself. Well, that's that's a really perceptive insight, and I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think, I think that uh, uh, you know, there there was a way that somebody described this once, where it was like, who's more free if you if you sit a gorilla down at a at a piano, and he hasn't put any like he obviously hasn't taken lessons. You know, he's just this animal that you, you know, uh, caught in the jungle and you set him down at the piano. Uh, he's not going to make music. But if you set down someone who has spent years of discipline, which is a kind of constraint, right? You have to actually force yourself to adhere to a certain regimen, um, you know, but then this person becomes a phenomenal jazz pianist who can just improvise off the top of his head and create beautiful music like who's more free there um so i i don't know like that definitely that definitely clicks and makes sense yeah well i think maybe maybe the takeaway from that uh, from maybe even all of this is that you know if you're doing an rpg or any other project find an artist that clicks with what you're what you're trying to project like the experience you know, that clicks with the aesthetic experience and, and the sense experience you're trying to deliver. Um, and and Kat, the artist that you're working with, clearly gets what you're going for. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that finding a matching, because I think sometimes we, like, I've seen people that are doing RPGs and they'll do RPG art. They'll have RPG art because they think that's what it's supposed to look like supporting their ideas it comes off as generic and you know it's fine but well i'll i'll add to that to, by saying that finding an artist that clicks with your vision is a step beyond finding an artist that has the style that you like like you can't just you know shop for a particular style and say that's the guy that's not the whole story. Not in and of itself. Now, on the plus side, we have the internet now, so you don't just tend to find, like, an artist with, oh, here's some artwork they've done. They usually have, like, you know, a blog or some kind of written stuff that they put down as well that you can kind of get an idea of, like, their mindset to go with it. It's not just the art that you're looking at you can actually see like this is the kind of person that they are or at least the kind of things they find interesting which i think is kind of important and i i'd be willing to bet that's probably a large part of what drew rob towards uh our guest elijah's artwork in the first place was it wasn't just the artwork but more of what was behind the artwork 
Um, sorry, are, are you all here working on different RPGs of your own? Yep. Yeah. I'd be interested yes. in hearing, uh, so obviously I um, you know, know about Rob's and, and now uh, Katrina's, but uh, um, interested in hearing about uh, the other the other RPGs. That... Okay. Carr, do you want to go first? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you time to compose yourself. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> time will help. Uh, yeah, mine. Mine is called uh, Arcane. It's dressed currently as a like fairly standard fantasy RPG, but it's actually a universal system. Um, I've designed it in a way to be kind of neutral and flavor ready instead of having a theme already built into it. Um, so like the main thing I was driving at for a long time was giving players the tools to make any kind of character they wanted. So if you want to have a sin or a loss or just want to be a badass it's designed to accommodate all of that yeah so i guess i i guess i should talk about what i'm working on technically uh so for this uh for this group I, I have a number of side projects that i do with that i usually write in like three hours to fulfill a function because I, that's the type of person i am i'm not deep in the game design well and doing it right as everyone else here so like that's kind of my position, which is why I have less to say about art actually, because I usually make games for myself than that. But uh, to get back to the actual point, <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> to get back to the actual point, I'm working on a game that, I, that is currently titled "Getting the Spirit into Things." It's uh, basically about uh, being beyond uh, the reality of that is the game world, trying to integrate into it and. Uh, through the, through agents that are members of that world, I guess is the best way to phrase it. Uh, it defaults into an urban fantasy, a kind of pulpy urban fantasy setting. Uh, I don't know how to describe it better than that. Because I'm terrible. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I can actually describe it a little better for him in that he's basically got the a godlike being of some sort that's trying to basically come into reality a bit more solidly and is trying to deal with like the other players to give them you know basically magical powers and stuff so that they can actually get the creature being thing into reality is basically like think of something sort of similar to like i guess call of cthulhu slightly and that you basically have cultists trying to get like some elder god kind of thing actually summoned as it were it's not quite the thing but yeah <laughs> but the interest the interesting thing about getting in the spirit of things is that this entity is actually played by one of the players. So it's an asymmetrical game. Which is where 90% of the difficulty in writing come, it, it comes from. But that's beside the point. Yeah. 
I like that a lot. That's a great idea. I don't think I've ever encountered anything that was, you know, structured quite like that before. So I don't know how how I would go about even beginning to to try to create the rules of a game like that. But uh, you know, more power. I'm not far along. It's just the it's just the middle and end I'm having trouble with. <laughs> like the rest of us, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So so thanks so much, Elijah, for coming on and uh talking with us and uh sharing your insights and uh talking my game up. <laughs> thanks for that too. Appreciate it. Um and thanks for doing the art for his game because it was actually really pretty and it looks really I don't think too many other people could have actually captured the feel of it, to be honest. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Um, I have really enjoyed this. It's been really cool to get to know uh, you guys a little bit on uh, this, whatever it's been, a little over an hour. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Cool. All right. And uh, so we're going to continue our discussion on art in RPGs, um, well, right now, because we're going to edit this together. So uh, with that, uh, this is uh, Rob for Carr, Catrice, Cavoir, and Elijah uh, signing off. Good night. <laughs>